Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name is Chris Scott. My name is Atish, and in this episode, the season one finale, we recap our favorite interviews, lessons learned, and do a very brief high five, low five. And Atish gets very deep, deep in thought, very somber, very mindful of his past life. He, exp- he opens up so much, and we see everything. We see his soul. <laughs> we see his, his, his fears and his dreams for the next year. Yeah. And I'm over here, and I say, yeah, a lot. What's our highest uh, downloaded episode? The first one. No shit. Yeah. Hmm. The first one. What's interesting is that, like, when I recommend the podcast to people, I encourage them not to go sequentially mm-hmm. because it's it doesn't really matter. Like, right. With, the, with that one, it's like you can kind of just, like, pick and choose and find what you know, you think would be most interesting. And then from there you can expand. It's not like it, it builds on one another. Like, I mean, it kind of does, but it also doesn't. Right. We do talk about specific subjects. Yeah. Individually quite often. Yeah. 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 And then sometimes we'd be in the car and like <laughs> back in the real early days, back in the day. Um, yeah. We, I, I went through and I kind of just, I didn't really listen to anything. How's that? I don't know. That sounds like some war horn from Warcraft. Yeah, or like a or like or a Lord of the Rings, Buddy Holly, fucking Cessna plane. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, uh, they won't be able to hear that on the podcast, which is oh. a shame. Oh, <laughs> I'll find a sound effect and yeah, yeah, just plug it in. Plug it in. Something out of a World War II documentary. But what I did was I just kind of went through all the titles and just remembering what we talked about in each episode oh yeah and i thought wow we had a lot of conversations yeah and it seems like i don't know and for some reason i couldn't find 45 and i was really freaked out about it oh you're like did we skip an episode right i i was you know listening through but i i also realized how well first of all i gotta give you major kudos on uh your title names oh yeah I think that's the I think that's the gold star of this season one of the podcast. The title names are molto bene or whatever. Molto bene. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like titles are important. I feel like I'm usually really bad at titles, but oh, really? Mm-hmm. I, I uh, like some of these. Like I don't. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me, and the recession-proof graduate. Like that's a good title. Well, I hope so. I mean, it's a great title. Um, I didn't know. I didn't want to just say recession-proof graduate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to throw a little something on. Yeah, that. yeah, a little, a little spin on it. Um, but yeah, I also realized like how just kind of naturally there was sort of this progression because I listened to like our, uh, I think our first interview was with Sarah, uh-huh. and then I also listened to our latest interview. Uh, right. Who was that? Oh my goodness! Who was our last interview with? Did we both interview the same person? Um, I remember I interviewed Colton in San Diego, but mm-hmm. we did one after that. Did we really? I don't think. Maybe not. I think Colton might have been the last. Might have been the last one? one. Yeah. Yeah, gotta risk it to get the biscuit. Episode forty-six. Yeah, it was our last one. <laughs> okay, so like I listen, and um, it's just kind of crazy 
just intrinsically how our focus naturally sort of shifted Mm -hmm. because originally we were trying and like still in a sense being more aware of like an audience and you know and it's it's weird that it got kind of like it transitioned to being more like applied Mm -hmm. you know what i mean then we were specifically talking about linkedin and uh you know like things like that it's like it got more directed and it got more applied but without us actually ever vocalizing that Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like that that kind of was just unspoken right we just naturally progressed to that yeah yeah which was which was interesting but yeah i I listened to a few episodes um uh because i remember in the beginning i didn't want to artificially inflate our numbers Mm -hmm. so i didn't want to listen to uh too many of them but now it's like okay well let me i just kind of want to review and listen to some uh some of the some of the classics but then also some of the new stuff right right and uh i i feel like it's it's uh a little uh interspersed but there's some like there's some distillable stuff that you that could actually be you know chapters in a book Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so um you know i don't don't know how uh you wanted to do this episode per se but i uh i kind of just had some thoughts that was kind of just like the podcast in review so you want to do like a best in show or best of show a best of show you want to play some clips or do you want to uh oh we we could play some clips but it would be we would have to find like the exact i mean Mm -hmm. just take a little bit of work yeah which i mean because I wrote down, I should have, that's what I should have done. I should have written down where I found each of these, like at what minute mark. <laughs> that would have been the fucking smart thing to that do. That would have been uh, very helpful um, to but the yeah, guy that has to edit. Essentially, these are just kind of the, like, I, I picked out three things that I thought were kind of like core truths. They're not, they're not necessarily applied. Because like, for instance, the LinkedIn episode, although there was also some just like core truth in that as, as well. Mm-hmm. But the LinkedIn episode was kind of more applied. And then I picked out, so I just picked out things that I think were like core truths that, that transcend episodes. Like it's, it's not something that's just limited to one episode or whatever, but it kind of sums up what I think season one was about. Okay. And then, and then, you know, I think, uh, I think you and I are both in agreement that like we're kind of shifting for season two yeah we're making a big shift yeah exactly which fits in really well because i keep i keep like dropping hints on the podcast and you know whatever but like i think i'm gonna make a big shift Uh um at the end of this year because and and it's so almost frustrating in a sense because it's exactly what you said which was you know you can hear it from a million people but you just need to like there's so many times that i've been told stuff that ends up being true but because of my own hang-ups or like no like uh, i'm too insecure for you know whatever it's like i never actually see that to be true Uh and so like i really feel like i've kind of delayed my progress in a sense but maybe not really because maybe i did have to get there you had to get there figure in your own way and yeah yeah figure it out exactly yeah so yeah you can't look at it as you know wasting time you got to look at it as as you know the time it takes for you to grow in the way that you're meant to grow and yeah all that frou-frou right spiritual stuff that and it's like you know i was always um my parents have been saying for a long time that they think that i would be a good entrepreneur Mm -hmm. but i never really took that into that much account because it's like oh they have like what their ideas of what that is and what that actually is currently are two very different things 
like you know what i mean my parents went to graduate school back when basically it was like oh do you want to do a graduate program okay yeah cool do mm -hmm. that you know and like now it's ultra competitive and all this kind of stuff and so they still firmly believe in like the education only platform like oh you're you want to do something you know whatever go to college or go, go to, to school go yeah. To, yeah, take that class to learn yeah. how to do it and then just do it afterwards but it's like back then the tuition rates for college were uh roughly eight percent of what they are now uh -huh. isn't that a crazy figure that is a crazy figure yeah i i read that the other day i was like eight percent like what the fuck right but um so they kind of see things from from that perspective and i just had to realize like through you and through other guests on the podcast and other conversations I've had in a similar, uh, in a similar, uh, vein. Yeah. Vein. I get, yeah. <laughs> I was like getting lost there. Uh Oh, um, uh Oh, uh Oh, time to end the podcast. Atish is at a loss for words. Yeah. Yeah. I think that should, that might be the wrap. <laughs> That's it. Um, but I'm starting to figure out that it's like, Oh yeah. It's not necessarily that like, I have the entrepreneurial spirit of like, I want to make something that changes the world or, you know, whatever. like, it's not necessarily that it's just that I don't fall into the same rhythm as most people like who can just check into their nine to five and just do the, do the same thing every day. Uh -huh. And like, they're, they're like, yeah, I mean, it's not ent entirely what I wanted to do, but you know, it supports my life and my family. And I just leased a new Honda CRV. You know what I mean? I'm okay. <laughs> I'm I'm just not that guy. Like I've realized I the times I feel the best is when I have so much shit to do and I roll into work with coffee in one hand and like my notepad in the other and I just jam out all day. Right. You know what I mean? That's when I feel the best. So it's like Oh, so I'm actually not that interested in the easy times. No, you just want hard times all the time. Yeah, like I kind of always work best when my back is really pushed up against a wall. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the part that it's not necessarily that, because uh, you see all these like inspirational shit all over YouTube and all over um, Instagram yeah. and, you know, whatever. Did I say Instagram twice? No. I said internet. Oh, okay. Um, where... You know, they're like, oh, embrace the grind and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's not really that for me that I like have to get motivated to do this, you know, whatever. It's like, no, it actually works in reverse. When all that stuff is happening, then I am motivated. Uh -huh. If if it's not, if, I, if I'm not pushing an aggressive pace and it's not something that like constantly keeps me moving, I lose motivation real quick. Right. So it's like, oh, well, I think that's the difference. I think that's the difference between what people call motivation what people call driven mm -hmm. they sound like the same thing but they're not they're not i don't need motivation when i'm actually driven and the times that i feel the most driven is when i'm not it's when i'm learning the skills independently that i need to foster something that i want to achieve myself right and that i, I thought because i was i was uh you know a lot of my a lot of my friends uh, got, you know, regular 40-hour week, 9 to 5 jobs uh, out of college. Uh -huh. And so I thought for the longest time that that was the solution. And it turns out that's not the solution. That's not the solution. No. But also, I feel like the grind can be a million different things. 
Yeah, sure. And for yeah. you, the grind is, you know, learning and growing in a, in a moment of uh, like challenge, a moment of, you know, trying to overcome this obstacle, yeah, you know, yeah, figuring sure. out how to overcome this obstacle easily uh, and doing it well and finding a good job. Mm-hmm. But then some people look at the grind as, oh, I got to go work nine to five. Yeah. And it's like, so it's, it, I guess it all depends on how you decide to look at the grind. Yeah. Per se. Yeah. And I think that also is, is about kind of how your skills apply. You know what I mean? Because there are some people for, for whom like just doing that natural rhythm of like, okay, I get up, I go to work, I come home, I go to bed and I get up and I go to work and I come home and I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Like I can see how that would be, be like, okay, no, like I'm, I'm really gonna, my, my, uh, like, like not to, like, I don't mean that in a disparaging way. Cause like, for instance, um, I think for the longest time, our, our mutual friend, Charles, Right. Was kind of like that. You know what I mean? To him, that was like the measure of success was just like, oh, I've just put the time in and now I'm going to reap the rewards. And he did. And he did. He yeah. did. And and you know what? To give him like credit, he's really good at that. Mm-hmm. But that's also just not my... It's not your cup of tea. It's not my cup of tea. And that's okay. And it took me doing this this past year to figure that out because uh-huh. I kept thinking that that was the solution. Like, that's the only thing I'm missing. No, it's not. It's not always greener on the other side. Right, exactly. So, and, and you know, I don't know, I, I feel almost, like not envious, but I'm, I'm almost like mystified by you because it seems like you kind of figured that out really early on and just naturally. And it's like, I, how the fuck did you do that? Like, Oh, no, I'm still figuring it out, man. Are you? I just, okay. I just hide it really well. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I have no idea what's going on in my life. <laughs> I'm in a constant state of what the heck is going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally understandable so what are the three things that you thought summed up this first season of creativize strategize and synergize okay i'm going to uh let's see i'll try and put these in a kind of sequential order not in terms of episodes but how these thoughts naturally move forward or progress but we'll we'll see how that goes Uh um and I think the 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 first one is from the episode uh, you did with Betsy Bruce. Oh, um, a I thought she was a very uh, interesting lady. Yeah, she's a fun lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like I didn't know like she, she was in radio for so long and all that kind of stuff. It's like wow, that's that's cool. Yeah. Um, but something that she said, and I'm kind of paraphrasing because it was it was a broken up thought. Like it was something that she started with one or two sentences and then it broke into kind of something else but then she got back to that thought so it's kind of a paraphrase but she said and and you can replace the word college with anything on this she just happened to say college Uh but she said essentially um don't go to college immediately and just shut the door leave yourself open and let the lightning bolt strike you i don't remember that yeah well that's that's what i mean it's 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 cut two two different pieces together Uh she she like derailed for a second okay because then then i guess you were both talking about like where you went to school and like whatever so it, it oh, okay, started okay. with that then it then it kind of then it paused and then she like got back on that train of thought yeah um and i thought that was uh because I, I i'm also this is me viewing the podcast from my personal lens uh-huh. so of course it's like what i'm taking out of it you know and for me that was like that was such a critical sort of thing that it was like I feel so much pressure that by 30, I have to do this or like, you know, whatever picket fence, 2.5 car garage. And it's like, 
it's not even necessarily that I want that shit, but it's like, it's what that represents, which is like, oh, everything's fine. Right. You're comfortable. Right. Whatever. But I also realized like the way she was talking about it, it made me kind of understand that's like, oh yeah, but that kind of stuff is fine and good for when you are 45. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Your, your brain and your body kind of crave and demand something entirely different when you're young right. or at least for me and i think for you as well like in in a sense we kind of both have a, an entrepreneurial sort of drive or or you know kind yeah there's of, not there's no need to hurry up and settle down yeah yeah like you, you especially have a really like creative pursuit like a really creative uh drive where it's like i want to make something and i want to make something that matters uh-huh you know, and, and however, you know, for you, it was uh, understanding that your MO was kind of opening up, especially locally, opening up more roles for uh, diversity mm-hmm. actors and, you know, whatever. And like telling an underdog story like that. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah. Like this whole time, I just like I and I think it's, you know, partly because of how I was raised and also just partly how how neurotic I am or something like that. But for me, it was just like, here's this woman who I read as like a very intelligent person Mm -hmm. and she's giving me advice that's basically counterintuitive to everything that mommy and daddy ever said. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, and she's doing fine. Yeah. And she also, the way she talks about her career, there's like a lot of almost affection there. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. Like, like for me, that was just like, yeah, I need to, and and you have said something very similar multiple times to me. But again, it like it takes multiple iterations until it gets through my thick fucking skull. But essentially, it's like, no, I, I need to give myself the space and the openings for this kind of stuff to happen for me to be able to make it happen. But also, sometimes it happens to you, right? So it's like, okay, if I keep distracting myself essentially with stuff that's just for the immediate or stuff that's just for like appeasing someone mm-hmm. and that's that someone is actually like the the part of me that's still very like oh i gotta gotta make sure i have a legacy and like all that kind of bullshit you know what i mean right um if i keep appeasing that person or that that style of thinking it's like then i actually am getting myself farther and farther away from a what actually makes me happy and b the things that I could actually do that are good and productive for my community or for the country or for the planet or for yourself or for myself. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, you know, that kind of, uh, that kind of was the, the, the key point for me from that episode from that episode yeah which episode was that that was episode oh see that's uh, the thing I, I sh- why did i not write down the episode and the minute mark i have no idea that's, that's like that that's was like... that's such an obvious uh it's episode 30 two segments become one Ooh, a high school graduation speech and then the title goes dot 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 but oh and interviewing a radio personality yeah yeah which i thought that was a good one that's a throw throwback to uh spice girls is it? It's a Spice Girl song. When two become one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I want to just tell you all the origin stories for all the titles. No, yeah, that's great. That's going to be my contribution to the yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah. All right, so part two. What was the second thing that resonated with you the most? 
Um, the second thing that resonated with me the most, which is going to be especially important for myself moving forward, is from our episode, I want to say four, um, we have a guest from the theater. Ah. I was with Sarah Jackson, who um, was played a, a lead role in... Uh, the Mummy movie. Eddie Mummy. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she was good. But, but then I was also surprised to find out that she was a replacement, right? Yeah, last minute. Yeah, that's so crazy. Like literally last minute. Yeah, because I thought she fit really well yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Um, but then again, I was also mostly just enthralled by Greg because he... <laughs> is so loud. Well, <laughs> that, but also like he's just like there's something about him that I just like can't turn away. You know what I mean? I'm just like... <laughs> it's just a train wreck. Well, he, just, he just mystifies me. Yeah. But anyways... Your relationships will supersede any piece of paper. Familiarity will breed trust, which breeds better performance. She said that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I thought that was quite prolific. Like, that sounds like an Atish sentence right there. Yeah, that's a lot of big words in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because we were talking about how I'm really neurotic about, like, skills and degrees and, you know, whatever. And she was pointing out how, uh, because she was doing a dual degree. In, yeah, I think she's getting in theater and in marketing. Right. And she was saying, like, specifically for her avenue, she realized that it didn't really matter about, like, what credentials she was actually getting, but the relationships that she was building in both departments ended up crossing over really well, and one really reinforced the other. Uh-huh. And to me, like, that's been a major... I, I mean, I know we've talked about this, too, but that's been, like, a major hang-up for myself because I never feel like I can say anything or I can, um, you know, like I always have to, you know, give it a big old grain of salt because it's like, Oh, what do I know? Blah, blah, right, blah. Like right. I don't have this. I don't have that. You know, never. But then we went to 10 West and I didn't even really do like a firm pitch or like a hard pitch or anything, but I just had some cards and I just like talked about what I'm trying to do. And people actually really resonated with it and liked it. Yeah. M- more so than, uh, Tyler's coffee. <laughs> Um, which I also can't believe you were driving behind. I can't believe I was, dri- I was driving uh, home from that a werewolf shoot. Uh, we had another night of the werewolf shoot. Uh-huh. I was driving down Speedway because I wanted to stop and get a burrito. And it was like midnight. And then I saw that car in front of me. I was like, yeah, that's crazy. I know Tyler's coffee. I know Tyler's coffee. Yeah. Oh, I remember that guy. Yeah. 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 So it's like, um, and I mean, I don't know. Did you ever suffer from the same thing? Of not feeling credentialed? Uh, every day, all day, every day. Really? I still feel it now, but I also feel like I am uh, doing things to kind of give myself the credentials I feel like I deserve. Right, yeah. Like we were talking about last week with the graduate, the recession-proof graduate, how, you know, if someone were to Google you, what's going to pop up? Right, right, right. So I feel like I'm trying to do things that are are like more person-defining, more Mm -hmm. out there, you know, you know uh statements of what i want to have myself portrayed as out in the world right yeah absolutely yeah so i i i I think for the longest time it was always uh i'm a i'm a filmmaker and Mm -hmm. and it's like so like show me something it's like oh i don't have anything but i'm a good one i swear it's like i have these student films and they're like uh can you do do you have anything more than that yeah it's always been like no but i'm good at it i swear Yeah, yeah yeah and it's like I guess I kept, for a long time I kept waiting to 
for someone to just accept or just to trust my word right by on its own but then uh i think nowadays you need to do something or show something to you know have something to show what you're trying to do and yeah. your skill set and all that other stuff well yeah and and see that's kind of the interesting thing is that i you know i always never think i have the skills or then when i was like trying to figure out how okay how can i serve by being a like i want to become a business optimization specialist uh-huh. which is essentially creating my own title like that's not a commonly thrown around it's it's a common idea right but that title doesn't really exist in that many different places and it's like yeah because that's that's kind of the idea instead of because i kept <laughs> i kept trying to like you know oh okay i better learn about seo or i better uh whatever like i i kept thinking i had to kind of fit into these different roles instead it's like oh wait no i bring something different to the table why not push that yeah and that kind of in a way that's how this job has helped me though because not only figuring out what i don't want but also figuring out that i um they they say i forget who published this i think it was malcolm gladwell but he says on average intelligent people tend to overestimate the intelligence of others. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean to sound shitty, but that's kind of what I learned at my work. Okay. Because everyone's talking about how difficult this, like this role. Okay. You know, the job you're taking is really intense. So, you know, you're going to have to blah, blah, blah. And it's like, Oh, within six months, I, I was already, you know, one of the leading experts on my team and I was already, you know, people come to me for advice or people come to me for like training or uh, the other day. And I, and I have to be very nonspecific about this. So this isn't going to sound like a good anecdote, but um, it's like time sensitive information and confidential stuff. So I can't really talk about it, but we were in a meeting the other day and, uh, and first of all, side note, sidebar, man, that's the number one thing that like corporate America can like, as a, as a business optimization specialist, that's one of the first things I'm going to fucking cut down on. Meeting Stop time? having meetings with 20 fucking people. Yeah. Because what ends up happening is somebody's supposed to present something. So they start, you know, they get five minutes in. Then a person asks a question that's very department specific. It's very specific to them. And then we get derailed. And then we the whole hour goes by. And we were just talking about that one specific thing. And now nobody knows what the fuck is going on. Right. Stop having meetings like that. Like, that's the number one thing. It's like, Jesus Christ. Like, have, um, which is one of my, uh, guys. I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a snapshot or a snapshot, a screenshot, a screenshot, a preview. Sure. Of one of my, like, one of the tenants that I've learned just in my brief time decentralized command. Decentralized command. Yeah. You have the main objectives that are decided by four or five people. Do not bring any more people into the room. Mm -hmm. That will just convolute shit and fuck it up. Those four or five people empower junior level leaders to make key decisions. But like they still have your main objective and your directive. That way there isn't all this stuff where like, okay, well, we better get the whole fucking uh, finance department in here because they're all going to have to need to know this stuff. It's like, no. You relay it to their their head person and they'll relay it out. Yeah. Don't worry about And it's like, god damn, that's just so inefficient. It's just so inefficient. So I kind of got sidetracked here. But yeah, you did. It's okay. It, it's just like, 
frustrates me to no fucking end. You know what I mean? Uh huh. But okay. So I kind of uh, overestimate other people's intelligence. And so uh, I, it didn't take long for me to understand that, like, oh no, I, you know, this, fuck, I totally lost my train of thought. Uh, you're talking about, you're in a meeting. It was time sensitive stuff. Oh, right, 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 right. So, so here's how it's, you know, I've been with the company for eight months now Mm -hmm. and, um, we're in a meeting with way too many people and they're talking about something that they're going to like, Oh, we're going to take a novel approach by doing this. We're going to bring in a team of scientists and that's as direct as I can get with that. I can't. Like, I actually can't go any further about that. All right, Atish, we get it. I'm very important. I, we get it. Okay. Gosh. Very, right. Lots of confidential information. You wouldn't understand. Um, <laughs> but I, like, I literally just, you know, I, when there was a lull, I just kind of, like, spoke up. And I was like, um, absolutely no offense intended by this statement or anything like that. But I think that's a horrendous waste of money. Mm-hmm. A horrendous waste of money because I'm coming from a background in science and I can tell you what they're going to get out of this and it won't be anything. Uh-huh. I get it. You're trying to look like something, you know, really uh, front running and whatever is happening. But we can just do an ad campaign that makes it look like we're doing that without wasting the money of actually doing it because there's no reason to go through with it. Uh-huh. And people actually responded and listened even though, like, I've only worked there for eight months. Right. And then I realized, like, oh, this is all, like, like people fall into this trap, sort of, where, like, you, th- like, they, they, it's people who haven't escaped the same mental trap that I haven't escaped yet, mm-hmm. which is that, oh, well, my title means my credentials, and, like, I better not speak up at a meeting because, uh, because I'm only a this rank employee as opposed to an executive or whatever. And it's like, no, 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 but that's the same thing that kind of held me back and is, is continuing to hold me back now. It's like, yeah. I just assume that like, no, I'm not capable. I can't do, you know, whatever. And, and I've realized that when you look at all these people like, um, like Muhammad Ali, for instance, it's like part of what made him so fucking great. I mean, obviously the training and the, you know, whatever, but he had to just mentally decide that he's like, oh, I'm the greatest. Like, I think I can be the greatest. Uh-huh. And that informed all his training and all his like relentless pursuit. So there's almost like a madness there, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like you are a little delusional, but then that delusion turns into reality. Right. Because you actually just have the courage to just, you know, do things. Mm-hmm. And that's never been the person that I am. But this experience working with the company that I work with has kind of taught me that, that it's like, oh, no, I've got the tools. Yeah. I've got the tools, and if I don't have the tools necessarily, I can like I have no problem adopting them. Right. So at that point, it's like, well, why am I trying to, you know, like do this uphill crawl? Exactly. And again, and once again, that's another thing Chris Scott has been saying for a long time. But <laughs> you know, it kind of took personal experience for me to get there. Yeah. No, I feel like I'm kind of in the same boat. Of, I think what it is is. Uh, the, the path everyone else takes, right? Mm-hmm. It's you assume that's the one you have to take to get to the end goal that you want to get to. Right. 
But at, at the end of the day, if you make your own path, it's going to be your own personal story. And those are the stories that we all hear and we talk that we all talk about and we use to inspire other people to uh, motivate themselves to do this career, this change, their job growth, whatever they want to do. Mm -hmm. You listen to all those individuals that give those same speeches that all sound the same, but all that their their stories are all different. They're all unique right. to them. Yeah, and I yeah. think doing your own, making your own path, defining your own story is what I'm doing now. Yeah. I feel like I've been trying to copy someone else's no totally exactly for the longest yeah, time yeah, and now totally. i'm doing my own path yeah and it's being received well so far on just an ideal level so right. right now i'm trying to get past idea to an actionable event uh, a tangible thing that people can attend and experience and then we'll see what happens after that yeah no absolutely and and uh i just feel like that's a that's going to be you know it will probably be a long-term struggle but at least it's kind of like recognizing it is the first part. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, okay, now I know I need to bring my attention back all the time. Right. Like it will be a struggle, but like, no, 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 it's not, it's not blind faith. You have reason to believe that you, you have, like, I realized the other day, any job that I actually got an interview for, I've always gotten. Mm-hmm. Now I've turned down some and I've, you know, whatever, but I've never actually gone to the interview stage and not succeeded. So it's like, why the fuck do I think I'm such a piece of shit? Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. So, so yeah, exactly. Kind of what you said. It's like, I keep seeing how things work in other people's path, but I'm not like it. So to me, I'm just trying to like, okay, that must be the blueprint. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. The blueprint was actually that they just believed or they just wanted to do something. The execution might be different or like how, or it might seem like, you know, very paint by numbers, but that's only in post. Right. So I don't know. So what's your third thing? My third thing comes from our latest interview. Uh, that was episode 46. Got to risk it to get the biscuit. Got to risk it to get the biscuit. I did not come up with that title. No, yeah, and that's why it's also arguably the worst title. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> um, and, of course, my phone is cracked, so I can't – I might have to turn it sideways. To, yeah. Um, that was with uh, Colton, mm -hmm. um, and he's the guy who started working at GM directly out of college and then was like, fuck it. Like, I, I know I can write this um, – I know I can write this like software, this algorithm um, for this independent, like he and his dad created a foreign exchange company. Uh -huh. Like literally they just out of their houses and then they moved into an office. And then before you know it, they were making fucking tons of money because, but it started with him just being like, okay, I've got enough money saved up to where I can float by for two months. Mm -hmm. I'm going to quit my job and I'm just going to just work on that for two months unpaid and just get after it. Uh -huh. And, and, um, and, you know, he was getting, then after that, it really succeeded and he was getting paid a whole shit ton of money mm -hmm. for a while. But then of course, uh, you know, a brokerage firm went out or something like that. I don't actually know how money stuff works. Yeah. Money's weird. So then he had to, uh, then he had to get just a regular job again. But what he did then, like he continued to, he basically worked it so that he's making passive income off of that same software. So he kind of like modulated and adjusted the plan accordingly until he can like, because his end goal is to go back into that. Right. 
full time. So as soon as he can do that, he's going to quit his job. So he said, uh, um, I don't think you get, you get to have a life without risk, but I think you get to choose where you place that risk. Mm -hmm. And that was, and, and that's kind of how these three ideas all kind of tie together because it made me realize that, um, I have a tendency to always really play it safe. Like I'm very risk averse. I want to take a job that I know how much money I'm going to make. And that's it. Right. You know, but in doing that, I'm risking not ever being satisfied with my work. I'm risking not ever feeling accomplished. Like, isn't there some ineffable part of, you know, the human soul or whatever you believe in that, you know, like, I kind of feel like I have to do stuff that matters. Mm -hmm. And it's like, sure, I'm not risking much monetarily by taking like a steady job and, you know, whatever, and climbing up the corporate ladder and all that shit. But I am risking something else. So intrinsically, in any choice you're making, whether you're trying to build something up or whether you're trying to just float by or whether you're doing whatever, there's an intrinsic risk that you are, you know, that you have to accept that you are taking. Right. And so I just thought that was a very appropriate sort of statement that it's like there, you don't, nobody makes it out of this alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody, everybody's a goner by the end of the story. Yeah, exactly. And there is always going to be risk in everything that you do. Mm -hmm. Nothing is ever like, but you get to kind of determine where that is. And so I also needed to, I need to still a little bit learn how to be more of a risk taker, like calculated, obviously. But like for me, it's like, no, I'm going to do a, I'm going to go to school and then I'm going to get a job and work my 40 hours and you know, whatever. It's like, but obviously I'm not satisfied by that. Right. And like, I'm really putting kind of what I think is actually a deeper, I think it would be less risky for me to try and do something and fail at it right now mm -hmm. than like, let's just imagine this year went well and then, okay, you know, whatever. And then before you know it, I wake up at 35 and I'm like, oh, I, I don't like what I've been doing the past 10 years. Mm -hmm. To me, that's a lot more risky than losing a lot of money. Right. Sounds like a bummer, man. Yeah. Don't be a bummer. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so I'm trying not to be a bummer. So that's these kind of, these three thoughts all sort of really tie together and it made me, uh, it made me realize it kind of enforced what I wanted season two for me to be. Okay. Like you were saying, actionable, executable, and like, like we will talk about what I'm doing while I'm doing it. Yeah. Not, not like, yeah, in the future I would like to, mm -mm. no, we're doing it. No more of that bullshit. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I've actually put pen to pad, uh, like, and I don't care. Like, I don't, maybe, maybe I won't have something great to report at the end of the week, but like, regardless, I'm going to hammer forward mm -hmm. because like we started this podcast when I was, uh, and now I'm kind of reviewing, I guess, in entirety. But, like, we started this podcast when I was still, uh, I was, like, wrapping up school. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, serving and bartending. I had no idea you were in school. Yeah, which I don't know how you couldn't It was that. very bizarre when I found out you were graduating. 
didn't you realize I was like constantly busy? <laughs> I assumed you're always working. Oh no. I mean, I worked sure, but like, cause you're at the gym and you're at the restaurant and you were doing this and you're doing that. I never yeah. Well, when I, when I took school. on my, per- like, that's the thing at, uh, undisputed, I was like known as the guy. Cause I would roll in with my bag that was just stuffed with shit. And I would always like in between clients and stuff like that. I just had like my textbooks. Oh yeah. Did not know that. I can't believe you didn't know that. It's very weird. I did not know that. Yeah. That's very strange. Anyway, you were getting done with school. You were working at a server. Yeah. Bartender yeah. Job. And then also like a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And I think I was just kind of like reaching. I was trying to grasp at straws for anything. I just needed like, oh, give me direction for God's sakes. Like, you know, never instead of trying to actually make that direction. I was right. I was just like looking for something to kind of pull me out. Mm-hmm. And then I got this like career, I guess you could say. And that kind of shifted. And I thought that there would be a lot more kind of learning experience. And there there was. I'm not I'm not gonna cheapen it, you know. But like you can see in the podcast how like it it dawns on me that oh, okay, this was great. This was good experience. It mm-hmm. taught me some things, a lot of things. But like, oh, that's not it. And here we are. And here we are. So it's like, okay, season two, time to further the plot. Time to further the plot. The thing I liked about season one is that I feel like we asked a lot of questions that we all assume are impossible to answer. Yeah. Or we defined ways to do things that we all assume is just impossible to do. Yeah. Without hiring a professional or a team or something like that. Right, right, right. Even all the way back to episode one, our... I say three-prong marketing approach. You said two-prong. Yeah. But I think setting a date is very important to ground the two prongs. I mean, when you put it, like when you actually work it with that analogy, it kind of really makes sense. So yeah. I guess. The ground, the ground is the third prong. But no, we broke down how to market your, yourself, your project, whatever it is. You know, We came up with a marketing plan. Yeah. Like a generic marketing plan. You can just plug and play basically. Mm-hmm. Even figuring out how to pitch, you know, talk about yourself. Yeah. How to have a conversation with a stranger about the things you do with your life. Yeah. You know, and then we actually went out and did it and we did a little uh, review it when we, going back to 10 West. Oh, yeah. Like we actually followed through with that a little bit and did a little review on that. But even uh, recently when we talked to Alex Hewn about business plans, Mm -hmm. I always thought a business plan was like a 100-page document. Yeah, so did I. I thought it was like going to be something really complex that like that everyone has access to, that everybody's going to look at and read. Yeah. But it seems like, no, it's mostly just for you. Yeah. And This was Dive Shop Guy, right? Yeah, Dive yeah, Shop Guy. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and just the idea of breaking, the, like addressing those things that we assume are so daunting and like outrageous to deal with. Yeah. And it's like, no, it just takes a weekend. It takes three conversations. Yeah. I mean, you know, humble brag, I run a sub six minute mile. But if I just did an eye roll, everybody. Yeah. But if because when I I never like enjoyed running and I never, you know, whatever. And uh, if you ask me like, oh, like, will you be able to do a mile in five minutes? You know, whatever. It's, I'd be like, uh, no, I don't know. Like, probably not. Mm-hmm. It seems like shit. I don't know. How, how do you get? 
it turns out you just show up every day and if you just run a bit you eventually can do get that. there yeah and that's kind of what i liked about that interview um with alex mm-hmm. he just like he was just like oh no you just do it yeah like, he's like no, no no i i just wrote this out you know and i was like oh shit for real like you you just you just did it yeah, it's that's like the constant theme. That he didn't that go to the lot. library for hours and you know whatever. Well, apparently he did go to the library because there's yeah. some information there that I did not know existed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of want to go to the library and see what's up. Yeah. Oh man, remember when we used to do episodes in the in the U of A library? Yeah. That's a blast from the past. That is a blast from the past. We should go back. We should. Oh, speaking of, actually, you you reminded me. Um, I got an email recently about this year's 10 west how do you feel about we should go yeah i think so cool i'd be down i don't know why we wouldn't go yeah and i think i'm definitely going to be a little bit more active because like i didn't again like i just assumed everyone there was like way more professional than me or something Mm -mm. it's kind of the same thing at at, like uh at work i just assumed everyone has like credentials higher than mine or whatever but it's like oh wait no it turns out everybody kind of is just doing things or at one point was where I'm at or still isn't even where I'm at yet, you know? Right, like, right. So it's like, oh, okay, let's uh, let's get a little active. Let's go. Let's go in. No, now that we've, you know, felt it out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we did the first one where I was a little bit more shy because I was just like, oh, I, was, I don't know what it means to be an entrepreneur. And it's like, oh, wait. Yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think we should do it again. Cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Let's see. And the more live episodes we can do, the better live in person yeah this just works a lot better this feels better this feels better i'm not sitting at my computer watching you on skype wondering if you're wearing pants or not uh often i'm not i know (laughs) i just want to level with you oftentimes i like put on a shirt and then like i sit in front and sit in front of the thing yeah yeah plus yeah no i think but uh do you have any other thoughts from this past season i think I think the thing about this last season for me, it's it's been about laying down some groundwork to where I can now actually do some actionable things. Yeah. And so I feel like even last week talking about the recession-proof grad, there's things in there that I never thought about before. Mm-hmm. And now implementing those in my game plan here for what I'm trying to achieve, I think is going to be a good thing. And I'm looking forward to seeing what happens this next year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I think even even in such a like simplistic way, one of the big wins of this season was that because I remember we did like our first podcast episode and like how many times did we talk about starting a podcast but you know didn't make any headway. Uh-huh. It's like oh yeah, that's kind of the recipe. We have fifty episodes now, like we have something that can be googled. Right. Like I have my name on a project that's entirely independent of my work or my career or, you know, whatever. It's just like something that I like to do and something that intellectually stimulates me and, you know, is something that I care about. So it's like, Oh, it just took like actually just, okay. Doing it. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have some shit episodes. We're going to have some times where we can't figure out how this works or how to, you know, whatever, but like, no, let's just keep pushing forward. Let's keep pushing forward. Yeah. So, uh, remember back in episode 11, you made up a game. Ooh, was that high five, low five? High five, low five. Yeah. Do you want to do a season one high five, low five? Sure. I don't know if I can. Uh, I don't know if I can come up with five for each. But wait, let's give it a go. Okay. I don't remember the game. So, what I think 
Or no, no, I remember the game. You should just give new listeners a recap. <laughs> what if I correct me if I'm incorrect, but essentially high five, low five um, for me was a way to kind of extract because it's like, I think now it's a universal knowledge that part of figuring out who you are or what you are is also figuring out what you're not. How about we do it for the year instead of for the podcast? Cause I feel like we've Ooh. done that for the podcast. Yeah. You know, maybe our five highs are things we learned from conversations we've had on the podcast. Yeah. Um, do you want me to go first? Sure. Or do you want me to start with highs or lows? Uh, I think you should start with lows because they're going to be so low. <laughs> um, I think one of the low fives for the year is I still hadn't recognized or hadn't, I possibly recognized, but I didn't heed the fact that like, I'm just making decisions based on like, not my gut, but based on like just overthinking and thinking like, Oh my God, I, I need to do this for this. Or like, I need to, you know, Oh, my parents need to be proud of me, blah, 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 blah. Like all this kind of stuff, all uh-huh. this, all this noise, you know? And if there's one thing that I think has been really, uh, contributing to my lack of direction or my, you know, inattentiveness or something, it's like, I think that is it. I think that's, you know, that's your, that's my, that's my top low because it's like, you know, and, and it's, and it's not like in an entirely negative way because there's like a positive end to that. Right. Right. You know what I mean? But it's like, I realized that this year, even though I thought that I was doing things differently, I was just reframing the same paradigm. Mm-hmm. Like all I was doing was like taking the same paradigm that I've worked off of ever since high school. But just like now it was like, oh, move to Phoenix, do whatever, you know, like that, which again, like I don't mean to be shitting on it constantly because it's like, no, 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 I have learned a lot. But what I learned was this, that it's the same thing. Uh-huh. So for me, that was like, that was kind of like the low five for, that was kind of the low five for the year. And um, I think that manifests in the podcast, actually. Like, you know how we talk about subjects, but there's sort of like a meta story, like Uh intrinsically, any podcast that you listen to, it's like, if it's people talking to each other, there's stuff going on in their personal lives that starts to come out, you know, intrinsically, just just because of how they are during one episode versus the next. And I think if you follow the meta story, for those of uh, those listeners of you who maybe have listened to all 50 episodes, you might see in the meta story that I realize that I'm still, I still have some old bad habits that I'm clinging to. Old habits die hard. Yeah, man. Um, let's see. I was not expecting to pay, play high five, low five. Yeah, I'm, I, I kind of thought we were going to do it about the podcast, but now turning it on ourselves, I think is more interesting. Yeah. What would my, we probably don't have to do five and five. No, I don't think I could come up with five for each, but you know, I we can just uh, brainstorm it. I'm trying to think, what would my? I think my low five would be. Hmm. I don't know. Probably something with uh, just. I feel like the year's been moving really slow. Uh huh. And in regards to trying to achieve a goal that I've been wanting to do for a while, this murder mystery night. Yeah. Uh. I, I like I wanted to have it done by September twenty eighth, mm-hmm. which is next month. Yeah, and it possibly could be done if we force it to happen. But I think my low five was letting other people talk me out of rushing to it. Yeah, 
And I think uh, the, the thing about this murder mystery night is I, I, I can't think of anything that's like it. And the people that I'm surrounded by here in town, at least locally, have never done anything like it. Right. They've done something similar. Like I've done a corporate event or yeah, I've done a movie yeah. screening or I've done this or I've done that, but, or I've done a play, but no one's really kind of put it all together. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Or I, I've done a fundraiser with a silent auction. It takes years to do that. I was like, yeah, it takes years to put a silent auction together. Cause you have to talk to businesses and get free stuff. Yeah. That's not going to happen in a weekend or it could probably happen in a weekend, but I uh, letting, I've had the experience of, let's say, putting on a movie screening and getting 300 people there. Mm-hmm. It's not uh, too crazy for me personally to think, oh, this is not that big of a deal. But letting everyone else around me that didn't go through that experience right. themselves. like Kind of dictate how you... Be like, you know what? You sure you can do that? Yeah. Because now you're adding this, you're adding this, you're adding this. Are you sure you can figure it out? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I can figure it out. Yeah. But now I just have to make it bigger and better. Yeah. Than what I was going to go for for next month. Yeah, no, definitely. But I think that was my low five for the year. Yeah, another one of my low fives actually in a very similar vein is that it's kind of like what I was talking about the difference between motivation and driven. And I think that's not like it's not a low five as in it's like something that I did poorly, but rather just it's it's something. I guess this could also be considered. It's a this is a high five, low five. It's both. Okay. Because it's like, it took me up until now to distinguish the difference. Because there are some days where I would just be like, oh, I don't feel like I'm just depressed and on the couch. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, but even in being depressed on the couch, I, if I wasn't framing it, like, uh, you know, why is this working out for everybody, but not me? And like all this kind of stuff, you know, whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. But that's part of it. Like, uh, there's that stupid saying, which I'm not even sure is true, but like uh, the Chinese word for crisis and opportunity is the same. Uh-huh. You know, a good old fashioned crisis-tunity. Crisis-tunity. I like it. <laughs> um, but uh, but it's true. It's like I. Uh, uh, okay, I'm about to get super um, dark. No, sad, bourgeois, super pretentious. Okay. Right Have you ever read uh, Albert? Camus, no. uh, The Myth of Sisyphus? No. Okay, so basically, this was in, like, Greek, uh, uh, like, legends or story. I, I don't know what you'd call those, because I don't think it was expressly religious. Well, I guess it was. Uh, basically, I forget exactly what, because Prometheus was the guy who stole fire. I forget what Sisyphus did in particular. It's been a while since I read this book. Uh-huh. But he was the guy who was punished to roll the stone, the huge boulder, up the hill every day and it would just roll back down and so we'd have to do it every single day and that's considered like a really terrible tiresome punishment right but what Camus says he's like sort of a philosopher type guy what he says is that that's actually the greatest like victory for Sisyphus is that he actually tricked the gods like into thinking that this punishment was a punishment Uh because no matter what each time he's pushing the boulder up the hill, he, the the boulder doesn't change, but he changes. He pushes it up and he gets stronger and more capable. And maybe he's figured out a way that makes it easier, a way that makes it better. Right. And then when it hits the top, he gets that, it rolls back down and he follows it back down. So he gets this 
respite where he doesn't have to push for a while right down. and that's kind of i think how that like i need needed to figure out that that's kind of how it goes mm-hmm. like you hit this struggle 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 you know whatever but you learn and you grow from it and then you get rewarded but the reward doesn't last forever you know the reward isn't like you know unless you now are a multi multi millionaire you know um but even that i think comes with a heavy weight and heavy responsibility uh-huh so it's like recognizing that like that's just the pattern heavy 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 struggle growth development reward but you better be prepared when you're rewarded for another for the next push right um and so that's kind of like it's it's kind of an in between. It's both a high five and a low five because I thought going into this like this new year where I started this new job, I thought this was the solution. And in a, in a way, it it got me a lot of you know it got me a lot more experience. It makes me more blah 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 all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I learned a whole lot of stuff, and you know collecting the reward. But now it's time for the next the next struggle. Now it's time for the next struggle, and accepting the struggle, I think, is yeah. Thing no one wants to do. Mm-hmm. Thing no one wants to do. I think my high five for the year is actually putting myself out there with this yeah. crazy idea, and it's been semi received well. Well, I mean, everybody thinks it's a great idea, but yeah, like uh, you know, numbers are growing, reaction is good. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the sort of the thing. It's like you. Uh, I didn't know you during the time you were shooting Eddie Money. Mm-hmm. I think. I'm pretty sure you were already done with it by the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know how, what that process looked like, but in this one, it was like a purely independent idea. And no matter the like kind of setbacks or like, can I do this? Can I, uh, we had the sponsor, they dropped out, you know, whatever. It's like, you just kind of kept figuring stuff out. Yeah. You know, you're like, okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, any, and even just, uh, recently your, your DP, you know, have to back out. Right. But it's like, well, we're not, not going to do this. We I'm not, to, yeah, I'm not going to get hung up on just like one person, you know, whatever. It's like, no, we're going to make this work. Right. And that takes a certain amount of like just belief, uh, and courage in a sort of way. So that's a, that's a big high five. It is a big high five. And I think working on these two latest projects, another high five for this year is that, um, the, the team I've kind of developed around me, Mm-hmm. Like the people I've decided to work with, yeah. and the people that decide to stay working in this group, I think, mm-hmm. uh, have learned to uh, support each other and make it also a fun experience. So at the end of the day, you're not regretting the day you just spent. There was a day yeah. on this last shoot uh, with the motocross racers. Mm-hmm. We got there at six in the morning. Damn. And we left at six thirty. That's a long day. We're about six thirty-seven. Like the sun, like we came, we drove in, and the sun wasn't up yet. We left as the sun was going down. Damn! And it was like a, it was uh, there was like a week of nice weather that wasn't over a hundred. Uh huh. And then that day was the first day it was over a hundred again. Oh! Uh-huh. And there were no there was no clouds in the sky. It was just like a rough day, uh, heat wise. Yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, we all kind of powered through it together and we all made it happen and we got everything we needed to get and we all felt really good about it even though we all were like sun drained and yeah and like beat down and just covered in dirt and dust and it's just we're driving home and we're all just like semi falling asleep but we're like 
that was so cool. Like, you yeah. know, we're having, we had a good day. Yeah. And everybody was doing their, you know, part to make it better and to make it easier for everyone else. So everyone else had a good time. So I think that's, that, that was a, a high five for me at least. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked on several other productions this last year where, uh, like the director says, cut, oh, it's the last shot. We're done. And people just bail. Mm. And like no one helps to clean up, no one helps to pack up stuff, and it's just it's, it's uh, a little sad. It's a little sad. Yeah, that uh, they people don't even want to. The people aren't there for some. I don't even know why the people are there. If they're yeah, like it's, it's not. It's not like actually like they want to be a part of the team or something. It's or they of... they don't want to help make the project the best it can be. It's yeah, like they yeah, just want to yeah. be there just to say they were there type uh-huh, of thing, uh-huh. and then take off. Yeah, but it's uh. But I feel good about the team that we have, and and everybody wants to know when you know, the end of the shoot. Everyone's like, when's the next project? What's next? Yeah, and it's it's a good feeling to have that you know, we can create that atmosphere and that environment and that team that just wants to keep moving forward. Yeah, which is nice. I think uh, that made me realize one of my major high fives, and this is again going to be something that maybe is can be picked up in the meta story, but maybe not. It's pretty. This was buried pretty deep, so I I doubt you'd be able to pick this up in the meta story, but maybe. Um, I realized that up until this year, I had a very nasty habit um, that I actually resolved in therapy this year. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm not, like, ashamed to admit it or whatever. I've been seeing this lady up in Phoenix. And I realized what I do is I don't actually honestly communicate. Right. I have all these thoughts and these feelings, but I feel embarrassed by them or I feel like they're not valid or I don't want to cause any issues or something. So I just kind of push it all down. Uh huh. And then eventually what happens is you build up so much pressure that then I explode out in like some big, you know, like, fuck it. What am I doing? Why am I doing this anyways? Ah, you know, whatever. And it's not so much, I mean, the transition of being more open and honest has been huge for like my communication with others and has actually allowed me to get what I want out Mm -hmm. of those things. But it's also made me kind of more like directed in that I can be honest with myself about the fact that like, okay, I'm not where I want to be, but that's also okay. And you know, I like figure it out. Yeah. Just figure it out. You're going to work towards where you want to go. Yeah. And it's okay. You're figuring it out. You don't have to be there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I get just so, uh, tightly wound about this idea of like achievements and, Oh, somebody my age has done X, Y, Z or like, you know, whatever somebody I graduated college with is a doctor now. Right. But I'm like, you know what? I have, like, all in all, I've got a decent job that I'm going to transition into doing something more for myself. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be more bold. I've got healthy friendships and relationships. Not so much, like, I've realized I also don't have that many friends. Like, I don't have this, like, huge social circle that, you know, whatever. But the people that I actually like to spend time with, I actually really can rely on and I really enjoy spending time with. Mm -hmm. I somehow have a natural intellectual curiosity that makes me read all sorts of books. And then I talk about 
principles for I think half the season. <laughs> oh, we never got to it. Darn. Yeah. It's okay. I was glad we did recession proof. Me too. Um like it's like having that kind of honest assessment where it's like I can take the bad but also take the good and be able to like that's kind of what's going to enforce me moving into this next year and this next season of the podcast is like you have to be able to own up to the shitty stuff or like the times you've made mistakes or the times you you know whatever and not try and just like always have a pristine record because mm-hmm. i just want to i want to be known as the guy like oh yeah i graduated valedictorian and i've always had a 4.0 gpa and all that kind of stuff but it's like that kind of thinking doesn't actually that that's the kind of stuff that makes you a great worker bee but it doesn't make you a great innovator or a great leader or you know anything like that right and i've realized what i actually want is to be those things uh-huh. so now i can adjust and like change my tactics and how i do that that's awesome man yeah so i i feel really uh i feel really good she said um when uh when i started with her she just like was asking me baseline questions and stuff like that and she told me and like this is where i kind of like sometimes i think like this shit's kind of hokum okay. you know what i mean okay but she was like uh, cuz my mother's also a retired clinical psychologist so like i kind of you know i've been around it right right <laughs> and it probably explains a lot about my personality so much but uh she said that this was my big money year and I said, you mean like I'm going to make a lot of money? And she said, no, you're just going to decide what to do with it. Mm. And I think that's kind of the, I think in a weird way, but I think that's, it's kind of like cold reading, you know, it's just vague enough that of course it's true. Right. But in a weird sense, it's like, it is true. It's like, I've, I'm realizing that I have always been very like cash flow dependent in situations where I don't need to be. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanna, kind of wanna see what I can do. Me too. And kinda, we're gonna we're gonna find all that out in season two. You know what I mean? Because it's like I've only ever like I drive my uh, I, I now drive a Honda Accord. It's a practical car. It's very practical. Very uh, much better than my uh, truck that I kept locking my keys in. Yeah, with the spare key right next to. Yep, on the same ring. On the same key ring. <laughs> um, but uh. But it's like, I can reliably say it goes 80 miles an hour, because that's about where I take it to. Mm-hmm. But let's say I take it on the racetrack. What happens when I crank it up to, not to 26? I didn't say it. God I didn't say it. it. <laughs> uh, what happens when I try and like actually floor it and you know hit 120? Mm-hmm. Do I actually know that the car won't just drop out the bottom and like blow up? But that's kind of what, like, that's what, I want this next year to be like, I really want to give myself the space and the Avenue to really just open up and like, see how far I can go. Do it, man. Do it. Do it. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I guess that kind of got off track of high five, low five, but I think we, we had a good high five, low five session. Yeah. I think my other low, low five was, I don't know if that happened this year, but uh, you had to start wearing medium shirts. Oh no, I definitely. I actually, I bought my first large the other day. Whoa, whoa! But then also, um, uh, that night where I took 
all those shots of Fernet with you, that was a low five <laughs> for sure. Uh, I would say that was a high five. I mean, it was great, but you got me so fucking tanked. Not on purpose. If, yeah, but like, it's like sometimes I feel like maybe you are aware or maybe you're not aware that like, how tall are you? Six foot four. Yeah, you're six foot four. And you, I don't know why, but like, I think you just metabolize alcohol better than I do. Probably. Yeah, like maybe there's a genetic background thing or something. I don't know what it is. I wouldn't go that far. But it's like you just metabolize alcohol better than me. So it's like then we're drinking at the same clip. Oh, that's not good. And the, yeah, dude, no. <laughs> well, that's on you then. No, I know. I should. You have can more, say no. I should. Yeah, I should have more personal sovereignty. But I'm going to be there to motivate you to say yes. <laughs> you got to say yes to life, and sometimes that's a yes in the form of fernet. Yes. Yeah. More fernet. How do you want to end this? I'm looking forward to next season. Another classic ender. Another line. Another (laughs) fucking gem. You can't put me on the spot like that. You know, it's okay. Actually, while I'm (laughs) while we're still talking on the episode, unless you decide to edit this out, I just want the listeners to know that Chris does the same thing every fucking week where we end the podcast and then just we haven't discussed it. We haven't done whatever. And he just goes. Hello and welcome, and then we record our intro. So I, on the fly, have to come up with something that's succinct enough that it's not, like, too wordy, but it basically summarizes everything we talk about. And I'm, like, trying to figure it out as he's going. And that's why all our intros have me sounding like a fucking idiot. And we've also just heard him say in this episode that he loves the challenge. Yeah. So... I guess you're just pushing me. Giving you what you want, man. Yeah. So that's my meta story. Of pushing a tish <laughs> to 26. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You can find Chris on social media using the handle at Elephant Scout. You can find me with at Atish Mazish. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much.